Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. As per usual, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys this week's food for thought. I'm wearing uh, some of my Tide Gear Best. The only complaint I have on this whole line, I'm wearing a piece of the new Tide Gear Everyday We Train, uh, Tiger Trained line. And the only complaint I have on the entire uh, line is on this black shirt, the logo is kind of hard to see. You see, I lean in, you can see it there. That's the only thing I dislike about the entire line. Honestly, the line was my entire wardrobe down in Florida. When I was down in Tampa with Flex Fights, literally my entire wardrobe was uh, the, the new uh, Tiger Train line, the Everyday We Train line. And before you ask the question, Sensei, if you wore them every single day, where were the pictures on your social media? A, my wife beat you to that question. Uh, B, like I told you guys, I was extraordinarily busy and like we posed for pictures on Sunday, like after everything was done for like five minutes or during fight night when there was photographers going around and I'm going to suit on fight night. So uh, as much as I love this line, it wasn't going to make its way into my suit. Check it out. Tigear.com. Again, it's the everyday we train line. I think they're all super comfortable. I love all of them. I, like I said, I have every single t-shirt in the line. Um, check them out. I think they're awesome. 
Uh, other than that, my friends, let's get to this week's food for thought, this week's mindset as uh, it's that time. So there's two dichotomies of mindset that I want to kind of, that, that I want to kind of really touch on today and how we might think of them as opposites, but they're actually part and parcel of the same thing. So what I want to touch on is satisfied and ambitious, satisfied, ambitious. Now they sound like two very opposite things. Like if you're satisfied, you're happy with what you have. You're not trying for anything more. If you're ambitious, you're always trying for more. Now, obviously those definitions are a hundred percent true. However, I think that when it comes to satisfied and ambitious, we have two things that are very, very intertwined, extraordinarily intertwined in my opinion. Right? Because I think what keeps a person ambitious and what keeps them satisfied is actually the same thing. So let's give an example. We'll dive right into it and you'll see exactly what I mean. And I'll start with like the most basic, the silliest example, but often it's the ba most basic, silliest example that draws the best picture. And in my opinion, in this case, that's certainly the truth. So the silliest example I can think of to illustrate this point is the idea of a kid taking their first steps. Now, when a child, a little toddler, takes their first couple of steps, it's not like they're like, they get up and they're like, okay, I did my first couple of steps. I'm good. I'm satisfied. But by the same token, as much as they want to take more steps, they're so excited, they're so satisfied that they finally were able to do this thing that they've been watching for their entire life and weren't yet capable of doing. Right? They're satisfied that they got there, but they're ambitious to do more. See, and that's the way that I believe success in our life works. I believe that anybody who truly respects their own abilities to achieve, I believe that they are going to be satisfied as they achieve milestones, as they achieve uh, different landmarks along the way. However, I also believe that if a person is truly ambitious, as satisfied as they are, they're only going to set their sights on bigger and better things. So let's stick with another early life example to illustrate my point further. Now, we all get our first job at some point, and I'm not necessarily talking about like, you know, where you go, you shovel a driveway and somebody hands you 10 or 20 bucks at the end, which was like my first job, I guess you would call it. Um, but I'm talking about the first time you receive a paycheck. Right, because at that point you feel like you're really working. Right, like even when I would go like on snowy days and go try to shovel out driveways, and someone would hand me and my friends ten or twenty bucks. Cool, didn't feel like we were really working because we were sitting there waiting for snowy days to try to go make some cash, and it didn't really feel like working. Right, but when I got my first real job and I had a boss and a manager and all that stuff, and I got a paycheck at the end of the week, that felt like working. And if you guys are like me. I remember getting that first check. I remember looking at it like, oh, like it was the fruits of all the labor of that week up until that point. And it was the kind of thing that my parents had talked to me about from the time that I was very young. The idea uh, of a hard day's work and how, uh, you know, a hard day's work deserves a wage and that, you know, though the wage is important, the best reward is actually the quality of your work and the results thereof. Yes, sometimes you're going to work for peanuts when you're, when you're in the beginning of something, but you work for peanuts to learn how to work. And they're like all these great lessons they taught me that I think were super, super helpful in my life and in my career. 
But more importantly, what they really did is it kind of set me up for this moment of this first check. Like it's what I had dreamed about from the time that the idea of having a job got in my brain. I dreamt about that first paycheck. Oh, here it is. And you know, you're a kid, you get that first paycheck, you worked, you know, whatever part-time hours you worked and taxes get taken out and everything. And maybe you had a certain number in your head and that number is a little different than what actually shows up on that check. And then after you set up that check, or rather after you see that check, the first thing you think about is, okay, what do I have to pay for? Right? And right after that, I got another great lesson from my parents where my mom sat me down after I cashed my check and she's like, put it all right there. She stacked it all. I stacked it all out. She said, okay, here's your different envelopes that you have. And this was my first like budgeting lesson. And it was like, okay, this is what you need to put in this envelope. This is what you need to put in this envelope. This is what you need to put in this envelope, blah, 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 blah. And it stayed that way. And that's how I learned how to budget from the time I was very young. But like many young people who see that first check, I saw it. I was excited. I was satisfied because I got my first paycheck. But immediately I started thinking about bigger and better paychecks. I started thinking about what was coming down the line for me. I started to think about what, when I would really feel like an adult who made it, what kind of money I was going to be seeing. I started to think about that. And I started to think, be thinking about like having a house, having, you know, cars, having stuff, you know, having all those things that an adult has. You know, at the time, cell phones weren't really a thing. So <laughs> right, that wasn't one of the things on my list. But, you know, like all the things that adults have, like here's a silly thing as a 15-year-old that I thought about, I'm going to get a credit card one day. I'm going to get a credit card. Like I thought about it like, oh, my God, now it's all I carry. Right? But, but nonetheless, uh, as I think back to that moment, I realized how satisfied I was to get to payday because, of course, like anybody else, when you start a job as a teenager, you know there's an attrition rate. If you, saw, if you start on like a Monday, there aren't that many – like. 100% of the kids that start on Monday ain't making it to Friday. It just isn't going to happen. So the fact that I made it to Friday alone was a huge thing to me. But even more so, the fact that I had that first paycheck was a huge landmark in my life. An absolutely huge landmark in my life. Like, but again, it set me up for what I was thinking about, the bigger and better things. I was satisfied, but I wasn't. it didn't stop me from being ambitious. And I think any truly ambitious person will always be satisfied with what they've done to that point because it's the achieving of certain goals. It's the landmarks that you've accomplished already that have allowed you now the mindset necessary to continue to be ambitious. I'll give you an example. Every person who's won a 90-day challenge in my school, who was my top finisher in my school, every one of them looked great comparatively from their before picture to their after picture looked incredible at the end of our 90 day challenge when you make look at that comparison however every single one of them started thinking about the bigger and better things so, okay this is now that i've achieved this this is what i'm going to work on next and then i'm going to work on this and these are my next goals and these are my next goals and it's not like they didn't feel great about themselves it's not like they didn't see the results of their hard work they did it's that they had the mindset to continue to be ambitious. As a matter of fact, and this is we're going to take a little divert for a second, but I think it's important to talk about. I think one of the greatest enemies of ambition is lack of satisfaction. I think what happens is when a person 
doesn't stop to smell the roses, so to speak, when it comes to what they've achieved to this point, what happens is they don't truly understand what they've accomplished and they don't light the necessary fire to accomplish the next thing, right? That's the thing. See, it's one accomplishment leading its way to the next that keeps our, our pattern alive, that keeps us moving in the right direction. Because we know that achievements have momentum. And by going from one achievement into the next, into the next, into the next, it keeps you ambitious. But if you don't realize and recognize how far that you've come, man, oh man, it, it beats you up. It really beats you up. Like, I'm a human being like any other, and I say that I feel like all the time on the podcast, but I think like sometimes people might think that, you know, oh, I have a podcast, so I think I'm better. No, I know I'm a human being like any other. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not. And I also know when, you know, even as a sensei, even as someone with all these years of martial arts under my belt, I know when I have to take my own advice a little bit. Because, you know, sometimes the things that, that we tell our, our, our flock the loudest as an instructor, as a mentor, are the things that we ourselves need to hear. And I know myself that I'm a great one where if I set a goal of a certain type, any goal, let's, Memorial Day just passed, it's Tuesday today, just all cards on the table. So I did Memorial Day, I did, my, I did the Murph again. And... I know what my best Murph time was last year. Now, mind you, I haven't done a Murph since Labor Day week of last year. I haven't done it. I've done the exercises. I've done the running with the weighted vest. I've done the other stuff, of course. But I never did the exact Murph workout. One mile, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, one mile, all wearing the weighted vest. I hadn't done it in a year. but almost a year. So I knew what my best Murph time was. And I wanted to be right around that same place. And I did the Murph. And I didn't get my best time. I didn't. I wasn't around that best time. I was in like a middle time based on what I had done last year. So, of course, I was a little frustrated with myself. I was like, man, I wanted to be there. And as, as usually happens, I was reminded like, hey, uh, last year, you would have been super happy with that time. Super happy with that time. But you're beating yourself up because you didn't beat yourself at your best. Which, of course, is a silly mindset. I was not being satisfied. Right? I was being ambitious, but not being satisfied. Right? It's when, it's when you ha- you'd stop looking at the things that went well and celebrating those that you're not able to move forward. You're not able to use that achievement as a springboard. Right? Great example. Well, let's go back to flex fights from a couple of weekends ago. I've been watching slowly but surely the broadcast back uh, from the, the fights last weekend. And as happens in any live production, especially when we're in a venue that's out of our normal, in a new state, without all of our production crew, blah, 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 there are always little snafus here and there. I mean, like I told you guys, I think it was the best run show we ever did. Looking back at the show and, and the, the, the live stream and how it went, there was a couple of little issues here and there. Um, pick one off the top of my head. Um, the mic, the microphone that Drew Park was using as our ring announcer was not piped in to the same sound as my microphone. So when you were the pay-per-view audience or the, the uh, live stream audience, 
you heard Drew Park at the same volume you heard like crowd noise and stuff. You could hear him, but just not as clearly and loudly as you could hear my voice. So it did, it was a slight little step down. But when I look at the entrances that our fighters made, when I look at the camera work by Train De Los Rios, again, if you have not checked him out, please go on Instagram at Train De Los Rios. Reyes, right? Train, exactly like you think, right? The train that you would get at a station. Day, D-E, Los, L-O-S, Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S. If you have not checked out his work, you're missing out. Again, the camera shots that he did, the, the way that we blended his entrances in with, with the cage, it was incredible. So much stuff went well. And if we didn't take the time to be satisfied with that and look at how well that went, if all we did was beat ourselves up with the things that went wrong, oh, the stream dropped out for the second, oh, the audio wasn't sunk up there, oh, Drew's microphone isn't working the way we want it to, how are we ever going to project ourselves forward? Like, we need that, you need that bounce, you need that bounce, right? Th think about, again, momentum. We talked about it before when it comes to achievements. I mentioned that exact phrase moments ago when it comes to achievements. But achievements do have momentum. And it's when we have that one achievement and we're satisfied from it, we draw some pride from it. Yeah, we may not, we may not have done everything we wanted to do or may not have gone exactly according to plan. But if we sit there and beat ourselves up about the parts that didn't go according to plan, that didn't go perfectly, rather than the fact that we achieved the goal, it's an anchor. It's pulling us down. When we celebrate the success, when we're satisfied by it, when we look at how far we've come up the mountain, then it motivates us to go even further. The failure comes when we don't give in to that satisfaction, when we don't take the moment to really appreciate all that we have done to that point. Let's go back to my mountain, my mountain climbing example for a moment, right? My sensei used to tell this story about plateaus and he would draw out the plateau. Uh, curve, the learning curve that we all learn things. And he would talk about how easy it was to stay motivated when you were in the climb. When you saw yourself progressing, it was easy for you to look at how far you've come and stay motivated to keep going. Because every step you took, you saw yourself getting better. Right? It's as simple as that. It's when things level off. It's when you're not giving in to that satisfaction. When you're feeling just like, okay, where's my next peak? Where's my next peak? Rather than appreciating how much further, how far you've come to this point. Man, oh man, that's, that's a guaranteed way to set yourself up for failure. And I don't even mean failure on that task, right? Because let, let's use it as someone who did the 90 day challenge as an example. Let's say their goal was to lose 40 pounds in those 90 days. That's a very ambitious goal. Very ambitious. Think about it. That's basically a pound every other day, more or less, right? Think about how ambitious that is over the course of 90 days. Now realize if that person lost 38 pounds, and rather than being excited about the fact that they lost more than my weighted vest weighs, more than like some of the like five and six year olds in my school weigh, if they lost like a little person and they're beating themselves up because of those two last pounds I didn't get. Like how, uh, how are we ever going to get those last two pounds? Right? And the same holds true with just about everything that we do. 
if I looked at that first paycheck and I was like, man, all those taxes got taken out, I thought it was going to be more. And I got wrapped up there. Oh, man, maybe if I worked an extra day, it would have been bigger. And I got wrapped up there. How am I ever going to get motivated to work that little bit extra? No, I have to be satisfied with that first little paycheck. And then when I see the fruits of the labor, literally, right? When I see the literal stack of cash, because back, you know, that was how my parents taught me to budget. Got the cash, put it in the envelopes, and now you knew, like, okay, this cash pays this, this cash pays this, so on and so forth. When I had the literal fruit of my labors in front of me, what was going to push me to make that stack grow? If I wasn't appreciating how much was already there. If I worried about what wasn't there, I was stuck in the negative. We can always find what's not there. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do is to complain about all, find all the things that didn't go right and find focus there. Why? Why? What positive comes from that? The answer is none. Absolutely none. When you focus on the parts that went wrong only and you don't find the satisfaction, it's very difficult to keep yourself moving forward. Because negativity is like an anchor. It drags you down over and over and over again. You might as well put on my, my Murph weighted vest and you might as well try to do life like that. You know, and it's something that I remind people occasionally. You know, if I have someone who's maybe being negative on a goal like that, you know, I might say to them, like, I, you know, I might take, I have two weighted vests, one I like a lot better, I use it all the time, one I don't use that much. If I had, and I've had this in the past, where a person was being down about like, man, I wanted to lose this, but I only lost that. And then I'll put the weighted vest on. I'm like, walk around. Oh, I feel that? You lost more than that. That's how you used to feel walking around. Now you don't feel like that anymore. And sometimes, usually it lightens the person's eyes like, oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. We got to celebrate how far we've come because that's what built the momentum to go further. You can't get to Z without getting to M first. It just doesn't work. You can't go from A to Z without stopping at M along the way. You need N and O and P. You need all those letters. You need them all. And sometimes when we're sitting on P and we look over at Z, we're like, oh, it's got so much more to go. But look back at A. Look at how far you've come already. And use that, use that satisfaction to light the fire to keep you going even further. Because ambition is a wonderful thing, but it has to be complemented by satisfaction. You have to have the two. You have to have them, you have to have them both. If you're only satisfied and never ambitious, of course you don't grow. You stay the same. And at a certain point in life, that's a great thing. Right? I have a student of mine for years. He was in his 80s. He got his black belt in Danbury, Connecticut school when he was in his 60s. And he always used to say to me, Sensei, you talk about getting 1% better every day. And if I stay the same every day or I only get 1% worse every class, I'm feeling great. Well, yeah, well, if you're in your 80s, at that point, amen. The fact that you're on the mat, that in and of itself is a victory. Right? That in and of itself is a step above the rest. It's why in his 80s, he looked far better and was more vital mentally than everybody else around him the same age. But most of us are not there. Most of us are in different places. So instead, we want to stay ambitious. We want to stay thinking about growth, improvement, everything. But we also want to be satisfied by everything we've got done to get to the point we're at today. Because without today, we can't get to tomorrow.
Without where we are today, we'll never get there. Be satisfied, but always look ahead. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you guys can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. On Facebook, I'm, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Sensei underscore Leonelli. You can find everywhere I'm on the internet at my link tree, linktr.ee slash Sensei, which is S-E-N-S-E-I, Leonelli, which is L-E-O-N-E-L-L-I. You can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. You can find us, <coughs> excuse me, on Twitter and Instagram at TSMA underscore Smithtown. You can, <coughs> excuse me, find out more about the podcast on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. Find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at TSK.com. If you missed anything on our sponsors or you want more information on Flex Fights or anything like that, visit my link tree that I mentioned earlier, right? Other than that, my friends, as always, until next time. Invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.